Welcome, welcome to P.S. I Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Gina Swire, international self-love expert, coach, author, and manifesting queen. And I am on a mission to help a billion women fall madly in love with themselves and get everything they want in their life. And that, my friend, includes you. This podcast is kind of like watching the conscious Kardashians for down-to-earth women who love spirituality, manifesting, and laughing at life's challenges. You can look forward to mini deep dives into the radical realm of self-love, dynamic discussions with super cool, heart-centered humans who are living an extraordinary life. We'll be getting to the bottom of exactly what self-love is and isn't. And remember, with self-love, anything is possible. Welcome to episode one of P.S. I Love Me. (laughs) Thank you so much for choosing to come to listen to this podcast. It is an absolute honor to be in your ears right now. So my brand, brand, brand new podcast, of course, is all about self-love and underneath self-love is many topics that are close to my heart. In fact, if you boil everything down, I believe that underneath everything is self-love or a lack of self-love. So when you actually take a look at your life, if you're not receiving the results that you wish to get in any area of your life, then underneath all of that, when you peel back the layers, you peel back what's stopping you, I can almost million percent guarantee that a lack of self-love is happening. And anytime you work on self-love, it has a massive effect, not just on the aspect that you're working on, but it actually affects every area of your life from your health, your wealth, your relationships, your communication, your sex life, your body image, your body acceptance, your weight, the way you eat, the way you sleep, the way you dream, the way you make food, absolutely everything I would say is affected by self-love. So that is why it is so exciting to me to have completely dedicated my life for half a decade, would you believe, over half a decade, way over half a decade. I've been saying half a decade for half a decade. So way over half a decade, I just absolutely live and breathe this self-love lifestyle. And quite often people ask me, well, what actually is that? (laughs) So it's easier for me to explain what it isn't. So it isn't self-care. It can be self-care as well, but it self-love is not actually doing the self-care actions. The self-love step is the step that makes the self-care work really well and effortlessly, or I won't say effortlessly, but much easier. So for example, 
for many, many years, I was on a diet. Maybe you can relate. (laughs) And it used to take me all my willpower to be on the diet, to go to the gym, to cook all the special food. And, you know, after a while, a very short while, I would fall off the inverted commas wagon and I would kind of just go back to feeling a failure. I would go back to berating myself. I would go back to like secretly snarking myself with my self-talk and it's not really self-love and it's not really self-care either. It's an effort, but it's using this limited resource known as willpower. So in comes self-love. So a grand few years ago, I had some huge revelations and I'm going to tell you about these revelations more shortly. But when I had these revelations, I basically got these self-love codes, the same codes that I teach in all my classes, in my book, P.S. I Love Me, in my everything, courses, the 12-step self-love transformation, in my Facebook groups, all the things. It's the same codes that I teach that I got that day. And since having this real download on self-love, now when I do self-care, it's not trying to hate myself thin. It's not trying to hate myself healthy. It's not trying to berate myself or you know, avoid being a failure. It's actually just because I love life. I love myself. I want the best myself. And that means not just in the moment, but long-term. So when I got these codes, I downloaded basically self-love. And when I got that, then when I wanted to be healthy, it was like, oh yeah, of course. I get it now. You know, it was, it was not easy, but it was simple. So, or it was easy, but it wasn't simple. One of the two, who cares? But you know what I mean, hopefully. So what else is it not? It is not loving yourself only when you feel good or it self-love is not just going to the gym, having your green juice, doing yoga, doing your gratitude journal, And because of that, you feel good and that allows you to love yourself. No, 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 no. That is not it. Self-love is really being with yourself in all phases, in all stages. So this could mean that the shit is hitting the fan in your life and you feel like your world is colliding, crashing down, you could have gained a bunch of weight or lost a bunch of weight, whichever you don't want to do. And you could have just had a horrific breakup. You could have just done something that you consider horrific. You could have just lost your job, lost all your money, all of these things, the shit hitting lay fan. And it's in those times that we really understand what self-love is because self-love is being available, being willing to love yourself through it all and to be with yourself through it all. And whatever is fired at you by the universe, by goddess, you accept 
And you don't have to just be like, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's great. I'm, you know, shit's hitting the fan and I'm a failure and whatever. It's just like, and I'm here for you rather than I reject you. Rather than you piece of shit, why have you done this? La 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 la. So basically the critic. Self-love is being like, oh, you know what? We're here again, aren't we? It's okay. I'm going to stand by you throughout everything. I'll never abandon you. You were doing your best with what you had available. Come on, let's work on this. Let's do this. Let's see what needs to be done. This is the voice of self-love. So hopefully that made that a little clearer for you. And yeah, and while I'm here, if you like, love, adore this podcast already, then please do hit subscribe. That would make my me do the little happy dance. Please give it a five-star review. And if you think it's a five-star review worthy, and share it on your social media. I will be eternally grateful as a brand new podcast owner. And you know, how many podcasts have I left reviews for over the years? Because I'm like, I want people to see this. I want this message to get out into the world. And that is the way that it gets out into the world. So please do a little favor for yourself and for the next woman who might need this podcast or man, but mostly this is aimed at women. So a little bit about me. If you're brand, brand, brand new to meeting me, then I'm Gina Swire. I'm a self-love expert. I'm on an absolute mission to help a billion women to feel self-love and get everything they want in their life, everything we want in our life. And I believe that self-love is the key to the queendom. And it really, really does unlock all the doors, all the limits, all the perceived walls and ceilings, self-love is the keys to crash through them all or glide with ease and grace through them all. One One of the two. Sometimes it looks a little rockier than others. So don't be fooled. I am not a finished, <laughs> perfect version of a self-love expert. I am on my journey just like you. I may have been on this journey slightly longer or not. I may have dedicated more hours of the day, all hours of the day to this journey and I am going for it. But do not be fooled. (laughs) Do not be fooled. Just because I'm a self-love expert does not mean that every day is plain sailing It does not mean that I am not occasionally on the floor begging for a sign from the universe. Please know if that is you or if you've never been on the floor begging for a sign from the universe, it is actually a fabulous place to be because you know what? When you ask, when you surrender in that way, well, when I did, I'll speak for myself, that's when I got the self-love codes that I teach. So I recommend get on your lounge floor, beg for a sign. It works. So yeah, I've been on this mission for a long time and it doesn't get easier, but it does get easier. So I would say that the challenges probably get harder. The learning curve probably gets steeper, but the recovery time gets smaller, shorter, and more easeful with self-love. 
So if you are in the storm right now, then (laughs) I am just sending so much love to your heart because I've been there and I help many, many women through those storms. And if you are flying, flowing, breezing through life right now, then I salute you. I'm here for that. And anything in between, this podcast will assist you and give you lots of juicy nuggets on your journey to self-love. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, side of my heart, middle of my heart, and the gooey, gooey, volcanic, molten lava center of my heart for being here on this journey with me. So this podcast, The Vibe, (laughs) is not to be too serious, not to be too polished, not to be too structured. I don't really like structure. I wanted it to be like humorous, silly, sarcastic, and wisdom bombs drop in left, right, and center from the humor, and hopefully make you laugh your way to self-love. Because I honestly believe that without humor, I would probably still be on the lounge floor begging for a sign from the universe. So my journey started many, many moons ago, of course. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. And um, yeah, a few things happened in my childhood and nothing extraordinary. (laughs) I mean, I had an amazing childhood. I had loving mother and father. I had amazing family. I had a gorgeous older brother and I had a pony and I had a gorgeous house and I went to a lovely school and yeah, everything was really good. Even in that, some kind of traumatic things happened, which, you know, until I went into this work, I wouldn't have thought were trauma or wouldn't have thought were really an issue or, you know, well, that's happened to so many children. And this has happened to, you know, millions of people. Like I'm not special. I'm not different. I'm not this. I'm not that. So in my teens, I had this kind of dual life because at school, I had such bad self-talk, this such mean girl voice on my shoulder that was basically telling me that I was unimportant. Nobody cared what I was talking about. I was going to get everything wrong. I wasn't intelligent. I was too fat. I was too this, too that, not enough this. And maybe you can relate. But then actually in my head and in my home life, I was quite a confident, you know, happy-go-lucky, bubbly fun little teenager. So yeah, I had this kind of duality. Anyway, I basically at school stopped speaking. Like I got so shy and so obsessed negatively with who I am and how I am and how I look that I just kind of closed off and I didn't speak anymore. So going forward, I went to a different college and I kind of came out of my shell a bit, but it was all mostly partying and alcohol induced confidence. So I'd be quite confident on a night out, but then, you know, the next day I'd be like, oh my God, what did I do? Oh my God, did I make a fool of myself? Oh my God, did I show any signs of cellulite and all these kind of things. Going forward again, I started getting scouted for modeling and modeling must have on some level been something I wanted to do 
because probably I would think, oh, if I'm going to be a model, then I'm going to be validated. I must be good if I'm getting to do that. Yeah. So I, I got scouted and I went in to the Manchester Model Agency, not MMA, but a different one, a Manchester Modeling Agency. And uh, when I was there, a couple of traumatic things happened. But basically, the agent was looking at a picture of me standing facing the back looking over my shoulder and she just said this girl's arm is fat and then she went on to say you know you're you're too heavy for us we only take models a maximum of size 10 at the most and so you need to go away and lose a stone in weight and come back in two weeks and then we'll sign you up and we'll book you So I was like, oh, bejizers, that's never going to happen. Firstly, because if I could have lost a stone in weight, I would have done that ages ago because that was my goal back then. I wanted to be skinny. I certainly wasn't fat. I had a curvy figure. If you've ever seen a picture of me, you'll know that's the best way to explain it. I'm a bigger build, curvy body, thick thighs, big bum, small waist, boobs, a lot everything is going on and at the time the fashion was much more about Victoria Beckham it was much more about Paris Hilton you know all these kind of people were my idols and they were all size zero or size two or four or whatever it is so it was causing some issues um my weight and this just affirmed it So whatever we think about ourselves, we generally attract situations that show us that affirmation is true. So if I think, oh, no one wants to listen to me, and then I speak, maybe someone will cut me off. But if I believe that I have something very important to say, then I'll engage a whole room of people. And same with weight. So when I was younger, I used to attract men, and this is a true story, who would say things like, you know, Gina, this was in front of a whole bunch of people in the pub. You know, Gina, if you were if you were a size 10, I'd I'd date you. And instead of me saying, Are you joking? I would never date a man who says that. I took it, said nothing went into the bathroom, cried my eyes out, thought I was a piece of shit and thought no one's going to love me unless I'm a size 10. Fast forward a bunch of years and now size 14, 16, doesn't really matter. And, you know, nobody says that to me. Like I attract people who are in awe of my body, who love and adore everything about my curves, my this, my that. You know, so whatever you believe, you'll probably attract situations to affirm that that belief is true until you change it, heal it, reset it. And that is a big part of what we do with self-love work. So didn't get signed. Went to Pizza Express with my mom. I was like, mom, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I want to do it. That'll be really stressful trying to lose weight. And my mom was like, yeah, whatever you want is cool. So anyway, a few weeks after that, I used to work at this golf bar called the 19th Hole. Some people from my area will know that one. And whilst I was there, 
a woman came over to me and was like, oh, chatting, chatting, chatting. Have you ever done any modeling? I said, no, I'm I'm too big for modeling. And she said, oh, well, you're perfect for us because we want bridal models and the bride dresses are always for curvy women. They're like from the shops and samples and we can never get girls big enough to look good in the dresses. So we'd love to have you. And I was like, oh, okay, that could work. And I started modeling through them and they were amazing. They just loved me just the way I was. And I felt really good. And I was coming more and more out of my shell and getting more confident. And when that happened, a makeup artist that had done my makeup had had been like, oh my God, I love your face. Can I send this in to put in my portfolio, a picture? When she did, it was the same agency. And they said, who is this girl? We need to see her. So I was like, absolutely not. Never going in again. I'm too big for them, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, they asked me back in and they had a different opportunity for me and it was to become a plus size model to which I was absolutely devastated and embarrassed and humiliated that I was about to be signed as essentially what I thought at the time, a fat model. And I was like, right, that's it. My street cred is officially over and it's the end. (laughs) But I did sign up and I started working and I got then very quickly signed in London. I got signed in New York. I got signed in uh, LA. I got signed in Germany. I got signed in, I think, lots of different agencies. And I started flying around and modeling all over the world. And so For some time, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is great. I'm getting to travel. I'm getting to meet all these people. I'm getting to be myself. I'm kind of free. I thought I was free back then. And, you know, I don't have to get a job. Great, a job job. So after quite a few years of that, I noticed that I wasn't feeling great. And everyone around me was saying, oh my gosh, you've got the best job ever literally I'd love your life like how do I become a model how do I get a job like this and I was starting to feel kind of guilty because it looked great but I didn't feel great and so there's a few threads a few reasons going on in the background here and I'm not going to go into them all now I'm going to go into them more in the podcast in the future but big themes were I was a serial dater, but I could never, I really wanted, I guess, love, but I wouldn't have admitted that then. And um, I wasn't getting that. I was dating guys and I didn't like them. Dating them, like them a bit, then I pushed them away. I was pushing everyone away, keeping everyone at arm's length. Major intimacy issues, um, which was very frustrating. Weight issues. So although I was hired to be a plus size model. I was still kind of in this diet culture, yo-yo dieting. I would eat super healthy in public, like raw, sometimes like, you know, salads and sometimes vegan food. And then I would binge eat six chocolate muffins on the way home and make myself sick. I wouldn't actually be sick. I would just feel very sick. And yeah, so I was kind of binge eating and yeah, just having a lot of weird thoughts, which now I love. As it went on, I got to about the age of 29 and I felt just so many crossroads. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was sick of modeling. 
I was sick of flying all over. I had no home. Like I could never make family events. I could never make friend events. I was all over the place. Anyway, at 29, my Saturn returned, as they say in astrology, and I quit everything, 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 everything in my life that I could possibly quit. I quit, quit modeling. I moved home from New York, quit. I went vegan. I quit men, went celibate and everything, everything pretty much partying all. I cleared my phone of all my old partying contacts. And, um, yeah, I just went on this quest, this solo quest and I realized that because I'd been blaming my love life on these men, I was like, oh, none of these men. What's wrong with these men? What's wrong with them? This, they come like alpha males and within a week or two, there's a pile of mush and really unattractive. And so I realized that in all these things that I was having issues with in my life, I was the common denominator. So once I realized that, I was like, right, all of this has to go. And so came back to Manchester, bought a house, the house that I'm in right now, and had no furniture, had no friends around here, really, had no life around here. And I just went inwards. I didn't know what I was doing. I was being guided by something I didn't even understand at the time. Um, I had no mentor. There was no self-love coaches back then that I knew of anyway. I didn't know any of the personal development books. Don't even think there was podcasts then. All these things, all these resources that you have available to you now and I didn't have then and you probably didn't have then either. So it was really challenging. And even things like celibacy, I don't didn't even really know what celibacy was. I knew it just meant not having sex, but I didn't know what I was doing. But what I abstained from was even making eye contact with a man or even texting a man back. Like I literally went on zero anything. I didn't even make eye contact with a man that wasn't my in my family or, you know, my gym trainer for like a year. And um, when I did that and I stripped everything back, I realized that I'd been receiving validation from left, right and center forever. I'd been living for validation. I'd been living for male attention that I didn't want off the wrong people. I'd been living for validation from my job, from modeling. And I used to think that if I was busy, I was beautiful. So I would always try and be busy. I would hate it when I was quiet because that meant I wasn't beautiful and I wasn't wanted and needed and valuable. And I was getting validation from my family, from my fans, from social media for the life that I had that I didn't actually want. And basically everything, I was getting all this validation from the outside and it just suddenly clicked Whilst I'm relying on validation from the outside world, I'll never be happy. I'll never be fulfilled. I'll always have voids. And as soon as that isn't available, I'll feel it in a negative way. 
And at that point, I was like, oh, so now what? What do you do? So I'd taken away all those things. I also realized that I was using food to numb everything. I used to get overtaken by a monster. I used to get possessed. Well, that's what it felt like. And I would binge my face off on food I didn't want or even like so that I could numb out, but then also so that I could feel bad and then I could hate myself for it. And yeah, in this vicious cycle, all these things were cycloning around me. In these moments, I realized, no, this is not love, but what is love? And when I investigated this, I just got it. I was like, oh, all of this that I'm looking for, I can give to myself. I can give it to myself infinitely, anytime, anywhere. And I don't mean, it's not an affirmation. It's not like something to learn. It's, it was, I just remembered it. I'm, I can already do it. It's not like I need to learn to love myself. I need to remember that I'm literally love itself. There's no part of me that isn't already love, is pure, pure, pure love. But I thought when I was thin, I'd get more love. I'd get more love. Or when I was wealthy, I would get more love from outside. Or when I met the right man, then I I would learn how to love. I would get love. I would give love. But I didn't realize it's none of that. It's literally a knowing, an understanding, a deep, the depths of love. It's an infinite well that we are, that we can drink from all day, every day, nonstop. And we can serve, we can feed others from the well once we are full. So a few other things came in in that time. One was this voice. And now I believe this is my soul's voice or the divine. But basically when I cleared all this space and I was just in my house with no friends, nothing to do, wasn't even like watching anything, didn't have a TV, stripped everything back. Once I cleared my vessel of, you know, all the crap as well that I was numbing with and alcohol and all the rest of things that I was numbing with, I heard these voices very clear, my soul's voice or my guides, or, you know, it's all the same thing. The oneness, the divine saying things to me, like you've been trying to change yourself your whole life. It's very exhausting and you don't need to. And that in that moment was so profound because, wow, I was just like, oh shit, yeah, I have. I really, really have. I've been trying to appear more intelligent because I thought it was stupid. I've been trying to appear thinner. So even like the way I would sit, I would be like, I need, need to make sure I'm sat in the most attractive way so that my body can look the best to someone else, not feel the best to me, but so that someone else will view me and then they'll give me love. And basically I just let go of all of that, became 
pretty much instantly completely free in my body having been living in prison the prison of my body for, for forever I became like overnight instantly free in my body and I don't know if you've ever seen someone who's just sitting they're just comfortable they're comfortable in their own skin they're comfortable in their own body and the difference between somebody who sits or stands or dresses or moves when they're free in their own body to someone who's trying to look a certain way is night and day it's night and day and the difference in someone's face in someone's energy aura eyes all of this the difference between somebody who's constantly using all of their energy and power and thought processes to try and appear something more or less than they are the difference to somebody who is free in their being in their body in their eyes in their thoughts the difference is night and day And you go from, I probably look very similar from pre, I'm going to call it pre-transformation to post-transformation, probably look very similar, but the way I look, the way I feel, the way I exude, the way I resonate, the way I radiate is very, very different. And you might be able to think of someone in your life who just radiates. And maybe they always did, or maybe they had a big shift and then now they radiate and they're magnetic. So my eyes went from off to on (laughs) pretty much overnight. The lights came on and then all of a sudden everyone around me was like, how do I get a piece of that? And everything was being magnetized to me from opportunities to money to relationships. So two weeks after this happened, two weeks after I fully, fully landed in the freedom of who I truly am, when I landed in that and I got it fully, there's nothing to change. Yes, I can tweak things. If someone doesn't like me like this, then I don't like them like that. Like it's literally, if it's good for me and it's good for you, then great. Whereas previously it was like, wait, is it good for you? Okay. Then I'm okay with that. I was fully outsourcing my self-worth on what people thought of me. And when I, basically that's what being empowered means. I received that power back I am the boss of who likes me because I like me and I love me first. And if people come around me and want a piece of that and are on that frequency, like I love that, I want in on that, then great. And if they're like, "Mm, you're a bit, oh, you know, you could, mm," then I'm just like, not interested. I don't like that. I don't need that. So that is what empowered or reclaiming your power That's one way that it can look, which I used to be very confused about that and what it is back then. So as you can imagine, when the lights came back on, holy moly, I was in India. So I went off to India as people on this soul mission tend to do. 
I had been very into yoga, very, very, very much into yoga, practicing all the time. That was part of my journey. And it was kind of my entry into all of this work. It was my permission slip, shall we say. So I went off to India. And when I had these realizations, like the full extent of literally, I can just sit hunched over on the beach with like my little rolls, my cellulite in my bikini. And if a hot guy comes over, like I literally remember thinking if a hot guy comes over now, I don't even care because I don't think I can even feel any more love than I already feel within me right now. And I remember this one guy walked past and we're in India on a beach in Goa. It was not full of hot men, in my opinion. It was full of men trying to sell me things. And yeah, it was not full of men that I would consider hot. And this one man did walk past. I'm pretty sure he's Brazilian. He had like little tiny blue speedos on. He was ripped, hot, all the things like walked by, went in the sea, like Daniel Craig, I want to say, I can't remember the guy's name. And when he came out of the sea, I was literally like, yeah, he looks really attractive and I'm not interested, just not. And whereas before I would have been like, right, let me alter how I look. Let me make sure if he sees me, I'm going to look the way I need, think he needs to see me rather than the way I am, (laughs) which is actually really unattractive to people. If you've ever seen somebody do that, it's very unattractive. And what is attractive is when people are kind of free. So you know, it's an, it's a bit of a paradox. It's a bit of an oxymoron. Oh, I don't know which one of those is anyway. So it was only two weeks after that, that I fell in love or rose in love for the very first time. And yeah, two week turnaround from falling deeply, deeply, unconditionally in love with myself, unconditionally, in love with every part of myself. So it wasn't that all of a sudden I was like, I love my body. It was just that I knew I was on a mission. I got it. I downloaded these codes of self-love and it was almost irrelevant what I looked like. In fact, it, it was. Yes, I still want to look after myself. Yes, I still want to tweak a few things here and there, but it was irrelevant how I looked because I already was love. And that was when I met my then partner, which was an adventure in itself. Oh my God, so fun to think of these things. But I hope that along this longer winding journey, you're picking up some nuggets that can help you on your journey. And I believe that you are. (laughs) So if you are listening to this and you are wondering or dreaming of your self-love transformation. I'm going to give you a few tips. Well, obviously tip one, read my book, P.S. I Love Me, or join my course, 12 Step Self-Love Transformation. These are the courses that I, the course and the book that I wish I had access to when I was in this time, because I was begging for some kind of mentor. I didn't have one. I just went around the houses trying to figure it out, stumbling on all the blocks and going through a lot of pain because of it. So obviously check those out. I'd be very 
honoured. And the first thing that both of those resources ask you to do is clear some space. So if your life is not how you want it to be, and it's jam-packed from your wardrobe to your kitchen cupboards, to your schedule, to your belly, (laughs) to your bathroom cabinets, to your car, to your bookshelves, like if everything is jam-packed, full, there's no space for the love to come in. So I'm just going to give you that one juicy tip, and I recommend getting on a mission to clear some space, just like I did. I did it in a massive way. I literally quit my job with no safety net. I don't recommend that, although I do. Works for many people. It's like do or die. <laughs> um, jump or the, and the net will appear. Quit all my friends, stopped going out, literally bought a house in an area I don't know without any friends and quit all dating, all alcohol, all meat, all everything, and just cleared, 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 cleared. And that's when I got the messages. So an easier way to do this, yes, your physical space, but meditation. So there is a reason why all experts from Olympiads to footballers to coaches to Tony Robbins to, you know, school teachers, everyone is raving about meditation. And if meditation weren't free, it would be a lot more popular. I'm sure of it. But meditation, aka clearing some space to hear your soul's voice is the best thing you can do. Head over to my YouTube for loads of different meditations. Check those out. So once all this happened in my life, everybody was like, how do I get a piece of that? And that's when my business was born because it just naturally happened. Like I wasn't looking for it, although I guess I was, it found me. And amazingly, my business, my self-love enterprise, it's just grown and grown and grown. And it's been the biggest honor and so pleasurable to have. And of course, it's had its ups and downs and challenges and bits and bobs. But as a whole, as soon as I got on a path where I was doing my soul's mission and people would see that and people were asking for it, people were like, something's changed about you. Like, can you teach it to me? And I was like, uh, I don't know even what it is in myself yet, but I can try. And they'd be like, they'd be transforming, transforming. And over the years, I've got more and more momentum, better and better, more skillful, more resources, done all the courses known to man that could possibly ever help. And now I believe that even spending half an hour with me, I can literally see because I've been there, what needs to be done, what can be tweaked, harmonized, healed, moved, shifted, permission slips given, all of this stuff. I can literally nail it. And I'm really, really good at this stuff. I'm a master at it. And that is purely because when, when a woman is telling me something that she's telling me, and it might not be the same story as anything I've ever heard before, but the essence of it, the vibe of it is always the same. And I'm like, 
this and she's like oh, how did you know that how could you get that and I'm like I've seen so many people I've seen the patterns when you sit with thousands and thousands of women over years and years and years talking about the same topics it becomes very very obvious very quickly so if you've never had a self-love coaching session and you've or you've never been on one of my live workshops or in any of my groups I highly, highly recommend it. One hour with me could save you years, months, you know, decades. And, you know, I've had women who've been, I had a woman recently, she's been on a retreat with me um, a few years ago and she came by accident. She thought it was a yoga retreat. It turns out to be a self-love retreat. And a few years later, she's messaging me being like, thank you because she was in a marriage she she wasn't happy with she'd been in it for years and years and years she thought there was no way out um she thought you know that's all she's destined for and she let me know that she's out of the marriage she's met this amazing person they're fully in love got got a gorgeous house and she's just so thankful because it connected her to love and what she's allowed to do through this self-love work. So that's just one of a bazillion examples of self-love transformations. So I am going to leave it here. Uh, could go all day. So it's a good job I've got a podcast and a show now. Um, but thank you so, so much for listening. OMG, so excited for these transmissions to reach your ear holes <laughs> wherever you are in the world listening. I normally listen when I'm driving. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Go along and hit subscribe if you think it is worthy of a five-star review. I will be doing the happy dance posting it on Instagram and spreading this message as far and wide as humanly possible or angelically possible. So any support I'm truly grateful of. And as I'm recording this, it is 2222. I really do believe that angels are watching, are listening. So thank you, angels. And thank you to you, angel, for listening. So see you next time for another exciting episode of P.S. I love me. If you've loved this podcast, if you have taken anything away, then do everybody a favor and please share it. Leave a five-star review. This will help us to get noticed, to get seen and for more of the right people to hear it. Thank you.